Girlfriends, episode number 72, How to Handle Criticism. Hello, and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. Today, we're talking about returning from vacation, chocolate fountains, moms who feel touched out, how to handle criticism, and more. I can't wait to get started. Let's get going. Hey, girlfriends. Thanks for being here. Welcome to another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I'm so glad you're joining me. I missed you guys. Maybe you didn't notice so much because I pre-recorded the last couple of shows, but it's been a while since I sat down and recorded this show kind of in real time like I'm doing today. I'm recording on Monday the 22nd, so not pre-recording. Here's what's really going on in my life right now. First of all, I want to say sorry to those of you who experienced a glitch with the RSS feed to the Girlfriends Podcast. Those of you who subscribe on iTunes, I think, uh, were the ones who were the most affected when we switched the feed over to SoundCloud from Libsyn in uh, podcast talk for those of you who know that kind of thing um, because of my partnership with Ascension. It's we're now going to be hosted on SoundCloud. That caused I guess iTunes to recognize almost all of the girlfriends archives as new shows and start automatically downloading them onto people's phones. It was terrible. So I'm really sorry if that happened to you. I know what an inconvenience that is. I never would have planned it that way. And I'm told the issue is resolved. I've heard from people who experienced the issue that it's been resolved. But if it's still a problem for you, I want to know. Please let me know at danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on social media. Let me know if you're having any issues still with the feed. I still want you to subscribe. I don't want you to miss any of our episodes here. So make sure that you let me know if you're having any issues. But I think it's all been resolved and hopefully all will be smooth sailing from here on out. So like I said, I was pre-recording the last two episodes uh, because of travel. I think I told you a little bit about how Dan and I were going to be going away, and we did. That was my most recent travel. Um, Dan and I went to Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic for five nights, and it was a beautiful, beautiful getaway, beautiful trip. We had perfect weather. The kids did great at home. I think it was the perfect length of time because by that last day, which was Mother's Day, we both were feeling a little bit like, I miss the kids. I think it's time to go home. So it really was uh, just the perfect getaway for us. I'm so grateful to Dan for planning that for us, but I was glad to get back. I've never been away from my kids on Mother's Day before. Did you have a good Mother's Day? Sometimes we feel weird about Mother's Day, don't we? I mean, I've had good ones and bad ones and all kinds of ones in between. I just remember the kind of pressure I think that I put on myself and my poor husband early in our marriage um, when I first was a mother, like my first Mother's Day, and uh, that was tough. I, I remember there being a lot of pressure and a lot of tension around it, like I wanted to have a good day. Not that I wanted everything to be perfect, but I wanted him to acknowledge me. I did. And I think sometimes in our lives, and especially in my early motherhood, I struggled with this more than I do so now. We really are kind of floundering in our identity, maybe as moms, and 
it's a huge, huge transition in your life. So it's a big sacrifice becoming a mom, all those things you're giving up and those parts of yourself that are, you know, you're kind of dying to yourself in some ways. And it can be so emotionally fraught to have a day where you need to get recognized for this. You know, one day, I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's stupid. So Hallmark invented this moment for mothers to have anxiety and for husbands to fall short of our expectations. And, um, you know, I hear from women every year, uh, less so this year because I wasn't around and I wasn't caught up on my communication so much, um, that feel disappointed in the Mother's Day that they had, whether it's because their kids were not exactly stellar or if their, their husband failed to acknowledge them in some way. I'm sorry if that happened to you. Um, you know, I think that if that sort of issue is going on in your life and your identity as a mom, then there's a bigger issue that needs to be resolved than just one day. That if we're, and I've done it too, if we're putting all our eggs in this one basket of I'm going to get recognized, I'm going to feel appreciated, my family is going to be grateful for my contributions on this day. If, if that's really important to you on that one day, then I think there's a bigger issue that needs to be addressed with regard to ongoing appreciation and gratitude from your family, recognition from your family. Because you know what, that, sometimes that's all any of us needs, that I can be doing something incredibly hard, and I, I know so many women do the same thing, where something incredibly hard and sacrificial something, you know, that really goes against my, my own selfish inclinations and my own nature, I can do it for other people if I feel like I'm being appreciated for it. If you don't feel like you're being appreciated for it, if you feel like nobody's noticing, that just drains the life out of you and that drains all motivation out of you. And that's a sad place to be as a mom. So if you're in that place, I, I pray that you'll get the kind of um, support that you need and encouragement that you need. Um, and you, you start by communicating. Sometimes I think we cause our own problems with these kinds of birthdays and anniversaries and Mother's Days when we don't communicate what our expectations are, what our hopes are for that day, for um, even, you know, even if it's not Mother's Day, what, what our hopes are for the ways in which our family will recognize our contributions. Every It's human. Every human being needs recognition and appreciation. We all need gratitude for the times when we're really kind of giving more when we're doing the sacrificial thing, which so many of us are as moms. So anyway, if you have that kind of need in your family life, ask, communicate, talk to the people in your life, not in a demanding, whiny, complaining way, like I had the worst Mother's Day ever, but just, you know, begin in a positive way, pointing out things that um, you do and that the, the ways in which it helps you to continue to do more of the same if you feel like people recognize and appreciate it. Anyway, uh, my Mother's Day was postponed because I was away, like I said, so I did have a mimosa at the resort where we stayed, but that was it. It was just a quiet Mother's Day um, on a beautiful beach at a beautiful place with my husband, who's a wonderful person. So that was a great Mother's Day, but it was different, and I wasn't with my kids, and I felt it. Um, so when we got back, of course, um, the work week was kind of <laughs> right in my face. So Dan said, let's wait till the weekend and we'll we'll have Mother's Day on Saturday, which was this past Saturday. So we did. Uh, we had a Mother's Day brunch. Not all the kids were able to be there because of work schedules, but most of them were. And it was really nice. Dan prepared this nice brunch with the kids. The highlight of the event, though, was my son Stephen's gift. He's 15. If you have a 15-year-old son, you know the creature I'm talking about who vacillates between 
sweet little loving boy that he always was and grown-up man taking charge and some sully form of himself um sully sullen form of himself in between kind of um you know it's it's just a, a very delicate time in a young man's life where they're experimenting and taking on new roles and so parent son relationships can be a little bit tense during this time period and they have been with Stephen at times not not anything too challenging yet but anyway so that's where I am with Stephen but uh, a couple of weeks ago he told me he had the perfect Mother's Day gift idea for me and he couldn't wait to buy it so uh, okay that was kind of sweet that he was even thinking about Mother's Day you know Um, and he asked if he could give me cash and buy an Amazon gift card on my account so that he could use that gift card on a separate Amazon account that he was making so that I wouldn't see in the account what he was buying for a gift. And I mean, that's super cute, super sweet. Of course, I let him do that. And then a few days later, this gigantic box arrived. I mean, it was huge. And I was so impressed and had his name on it. And he, you know, squirreled it away into his room. And um, then on Saturday when I came down from upstairs for this special Mother's Day brunch there was set up on the table Stephen's gift which was a chocolate fountain (laughs) what's the sweetest thing he put put it together himself he ordered the chocolate he ordered this fountain that he had this idea of a chocolate fountain for his mother for Mother's Day and honestly I'm tearing up right now telling you about this because it was the sweetest thing that this boy did this for me and that he had this vision of a gift for his mom of course every mom needs a chocolate fountain and uh dan had helped him to get some various fruits and some little cookies and whatever so that we could all take turns dipping in this chocolate fountain really honestly i mean that made my day and made the whole thing just so so fun and so i mean okay he's adorable anyway so I hope you had some highlight of your Mother's Day in some similar fashion. Um, after Mother's Day, then of course on Sunday, we had another celebration because my husband Dan uh, had his birthday and um, we had doubleheader baseball with younger boys. So anyway, all of this to say, I'm tired. It's Monday morning and starting the work week and I feel like, wow, uh, where did that weekend go? But regardless, I feel so blessed and grateful to have had the wonderful events that we got to celebrate together as a family this past weekend. And we are together as a family. That's another blessing that I forgot to mention. Um, All of us are home, all 10 of us under the same roof, not usually all at the same time, except late at night or early in the morning. Um, But everybody's home and I love it. And we're also feeling it. You know, when uh, big kids go away to school, we kind of expand ourselves and our belongings to fill the space that they left behind. And they go away to school and they have their own space and they kind of expand to fill that space. And then they come home and bring all their stuff, all their clothes, all their books, all their belongings. And there's no space for all that stuff in our house. So we've got like... um, multiple televisions and mini fridges and just tons and tons of clothing that I'm trying to figure out um, storage issues for right now. Um, I don't know if it's worth setting aside like a certain closet for them to use for their stuff. Um, 
whatever, it's going to take a time investment on my part just to figure out a lot of this. Um, because, you know, they don't actually need all that clothing. Like, of course, they're bringing home, like, you know, my son who's here in state is bringing home winter clothing. Like, of course, he owns it and he doesn't have a place to leave it at school, but he doesn't need that day to day through the summer. So finding a place for just plain storage, I think, is going to be key to my sanity <laughs> this summer. I'm also feeling it with feeding, but I love this part. I love feeding my kids. I mean, I think that's a, a motherly instinct anyway. Um, so I'm I'm back to making the large amounts of food that I used to make, and I had just adjusted to making a little bit less so that we wouldn't waste food. Um, so I'm happy to be doing that. Happy to have friends come by again. It's going to be a busy, happy, crowded summer. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the topic of this week's show. This week, we're talking about how to handle criticism. Do you handle criticism well? If you just said yes, shut up, you're a liar, because nobody does. Nobody likes it. It's horrible. Criticism stinks. It hurts. It stings. It wounds our egos. We're bad at it. And um, I think there's lots of room for lots of us to grow in grace in handling criticism because, you know, it's a part of life and it's a real opportunity to grow sometimes. And it's something that I think that humility demands that we be open to. And if we want to improve in any area of our life, then we need to be open to hearing some criticism. So, That said, but knowing it's tough, I thought we could maybe talk about this a little bit. It's on my mind because I had two incidents recently. One, I won't share all the details of, um, but there was an incident in my personal life where I became aware of somebody's shared opinion of me in a particular thing, and it stung. It hurt. It was surprising and wounding, and that stunk. (laughs) Um, In that situation, um, I think there probably was a good deal of truth behind it and it was it was hard for me to hear but I thought it was in the end it was good that I became aware of that person's opinion Um, the second situation I can share a little bit more about it was um, the recent talk that I gave in Houston uh, the uh, Together in Holiness conference there, they do a survey afterwards. And I I always like to get feedback from people who attend my talks because it helps me to improve. And um, so I, I asked the organizers of the conference if they would share with me my portion of those results um, from the survey of the people who attended. And they did. And they were excellent. They were really great. I think there were about 100 responses and 99 of them were positive. But there was this one response. One person (laughs) didn't like my talk, didn't like me, didn't like my presentation style, was confused, thought it was disorganized, uh, felt that there wasn't a real message behind what I was sharing. Um, They didn't go into great detail, but they said just enough for me to know all of those things. Okay. Ouch. Um, But you know what? Reading through 99 positive reviews and then seeing one negative one. What do you think I was obsessed about? I mean, this is what we do, right? We obsess about the one negative out of 100. And that's what I did a little bit, but then I caught myself and um, I thought to myself, this is an opportunity along with the other experience that I had um, to really talk about 
how we handle criticism and the ways in which it can be positive in our lives if we allow it to be you know be a source of growth growth in our lives or it can be a source of angst and frustration and anxiety and insecurity if we allow it to be that. So we get to choose. We get to choose what criticism is going to be. Is it going to be a useful tool for you? Because we all run into it in different ways in our lives. Or is it going to be something that you allow to be a destructive force in your life? So um, first tip I have for how to handle criticism is consider the source. Is this a person whose opinion you value you respect, it's relevant. Ask yourself those questions because if you hear criticism, it always our first reaction is to either reject it or be hurt um, or you know feel instantly insecure or unconfident. And I, I think that the first thing you should do is consider the source because it may not be relevant. It may be the truth for that person that they have that opinion. Um, like for example, this particular person who didn't enjoy my presentation in Houston, okay, um, I don't know who that is, of course, it's an anonymous uh, source of feedback, but one person out of a hundred didn't appreciate what I shared. I don't think, that that doesn't mean there is, that isn't a valid opinion for that person. Like, they they honestly were confused by my content. Well, you know, I, I believe that. Um, but I don't think that means I need to change what I'm doing because of that one person. You know what I'm saying? That is it relevant? It, it's not relevant. It's true for that person, but it's not relevant to me in, in my evaluating of um, what I'm doing. You know, if you have multiple people saying similar things, then yes, there's something to be addressed there. But it might be a similar situation in your life where you hear criticism. It may not be in the form of an official survey, but in some form from somebody in your life check the source. If you hear criticism from somebody whose opinion, whose lifestyle you don't agree with, then it doesn't matter. You don't have the same values as that person. Of course, they're not going to like what you're doing. You know, um, Don't let that increase your self-doubt. But if it's somebody whose opinion you do value and respect and you feel like it is a relevant opinion, then it's time to pause and consider. In the personal situation that I referenced, um, it was an opportunity for me to pause and consider. Um, you know, I, I valued this person's opinion and it mattered to me what they thought. And it was important for me to hear that feedback and pause and think about what, what they had said so that I could possibly make some changes, amend some things. So um, consider the source is the first step when you're hearing criticism. And then number two is related, put it in perspective put it in perspective. One person's opinion, one person's thoughts. Um, if it's a really important person, like your spouse, for example, well, that's that's an important perspective to have, that your, your spouse has this opinion and you need to weigh that carefully. Um, but if it's one person out of a lot of your friends, or if it's one person among many family members, um, put it in that kind of perspective. Or if it's about something that's not that important, Sometimes I think we kind of, and this is an ego thing, we want everybody to agree with us and think we're fabulous. And then if there's one person who doesn't, we kind of obsess about that. That's just pure ego-driven nonsense because not everybody's going to be pleased with what you're doing. I'll never forget years ago when I was blogging, nothing will invite criticism more than blogging, I found, pretty quickly. And um, being a kind of uh, more introverted person 
by nature, it was hard for me to share writing online and then receive people's feedback from all over the spectrum. You know, people from all walks of life were reading what I was sharing and giving me sometimes brutally honest feedback on it in a way that sometimes was soul crushing if I allowed it to be, and I did sometimes, um, but other times was really, really very challenging um, in a way that I hadn't considered. So in some ways, it was kind of um, mind opening in a way. And we shared a little bit about this in uh, episode number 70, when I talked with Haley Stewart from Carrots for Michaelmas, because what we talked about there was how the internet is like everybody here comes everybody and um, we tend to have this idea that all of our content that we read and consume is going to be tailored for us so it was difficult for me early on to experience people who were from a very different life than the one I was living had a very different background very different perspective and they were reacting sometimes very negatively to something that I was saying or some assumption that I was making but in some ways that was really helpful for me because it really kind of helped me to grow a little bit with regard to my communication style, my writing. Um, I go back now and read some of the things that I wrote many years ago, like 10 years ago even. Um, And sometimes I cringe. And it's not just because of the level of writing or whatever. Um, It's because I wouldn't say it like that right now. You know, I've learned that some things are offensive to people for good reason. And in my, you know, ignorance and lack of experience early on, I didn't have bad intentions, but I sometimes unintentionally hurt people with what I was sharing. And so it was a real, um, it's been a growing experience, this whole sharing online, sharing through print publication, sharing through books, now sharing through the podcast and getting, you know, real feedback from that, that sometimes it's, it's difficult to hear. But sometimes it's important here. Sometimes when you put it into perspective, it actually doesn't matter, right? Um, if it's, you know, 1% is responding this way, yes, you can respond charitably to somebody if you've if you've offended them in some way, but it actually doesn't mean you have to change what you're doing, you know? So consider the source and then put it in perspective. And then the third is the most important part. Regardless of how you answered those first two questions, make this an opportunity to learn and to grow. I don't care who you are and what you're doing, you have opportunity in your life for personal growth. You have opportunity in your life for personal improvement. So make moments of criticism as uncomfortable as they are, as much as they hurt our pride, make them an opportunity to learn and grow. Make them an opportunity to embrace humility, to grow grow in humility. Something every one of us needs to do, I think. I, I'm grateful, even though I don't like it in the moment, I'm grateful for the times when people kind of checked my pride a little bit. Like, not everybody's going to tell you how awesome you are all the time. I'll never forget years ago when my oldest daughter was a huge, huge fan of Justin Bieber and he came to Boston and she got tickets and I took her and I you know I knew he was this phenomenon but watching this young man perform and honestly the stadium was just filled with just screaming screaming teenage girls just about every single thing that he did and so watched him like walk out onto the stage kind of wipe his brow with a towel and the girls were like screaming like it was the most amazing thing they ever saw he took a drink from a water bottle and uh they were like gonna faint because it was so amazing the way he drank from that water bottle and as amusing as that is at the time it made me feel a little bit sad and um 
I don't know, lonely for him in a way, because watching that happen, of course, is surreal. And so many young people aspire to that kind of fame and that kind of um, success in, in whatever field to have people just praise you for every little thing you do. But I thought, here's a young man who nobody is ever going to correct in any way, you know, um, he's going to kind of walk around in this, this bubble of praise and adulation that can't possibly form him properly. You know, I, I don't know what, you know, what other, what other circumstances he has, but that's a, that's a huge problem for a young person to live a life where everybody's telling them how amazing they are all the time. Anybody, that's a huge problem. So as much as we like it when people tell us that we're awesome, it's not always what's best for us. Um, so keeping that in mind, every time you experience any form of criticism, as hard as it is, Try to make your first reaction one of not self-defense or anger or rejection, but one of hitting that pause button. Okay, somebody's told me something. I have to think about this. I need time to process this. I need to decide whether this is a a source that I I value and I, I want to consider. I need to put this into perspective and I need to see where this might be an opportunity to learn and to grow. Maybe it's just to learn some people feel that way there's value in that. There truly is. Or maybe it really is to grow. Maybe there is an opportunity for you to change something about what you're doing because you've been criticized, because somebody has, has told you it's, you know, not, not the best. And um, yes, some people are better at giving criticism than others. Maybe that's a whole other show, how to give criticism, because um, it's a real gift if somebody gives you criticism in a way, yes, it feels uncomfortable, but in a way that allows you the opportunity to grow a little bit in your perspective, to expand your horizons, to consider different perspectives, different points of view, to consider consequences of your own words, your own actions that maybe you hadn't previously considered. It's a gift to be given that opportunity. So make it an opportunity to learn and grow, regardless of whether it's completely unfounded and unfair, because that too is an opportunity to learn and grow, learn mercy and love and forgiveness and openness to others or if it truly is a valid criticism and a a real thing that maybe you need to address in your life. All right, the fourth may be the most important one. The fourth tip for um, receiving criticism properly is once you've done those things, move the heck on. (laughs) Move the heck on because dwelling on that is going to accomplish nothing. Dwelling on the discomfort that you have, the insecurity you have, the self-doubt you have, the lack of confidence you have as a result of this criticism that you've received from whatever source it is, is really not going to be a valuable thing for you or for the other person. Brooding over it, there's nothing to be gained from that. Whether it's valid or valuable criticism or not, there's nothing to be gained from brooding over it. Because once you've evaluated it and decided, is this valid or not? Do I need to amend my behavior? Do I need to change? You've, you've done it. You've done it. You've made the decision. You, you've come to the place where, where you've given yourself that opportunity to change, to learn, to grow. So continuing to to focus on and obsess about the the negative feelings that you have surrounding receiving that criticism it's not going to help anybody with me with regard to um the personal situation that i shared a little bit about um it's not going to help me to focus on uh how hurt i felt hearing that point of view from this person that i care about um 
it's not going to help me or that person or my relationship with that person to focus on that. And and like I said, I think it is a real opportunity for me to kind of pause and consider what that person said, continue to keep it in mind going forward um, in future situations and in future interactions with regard um, to what that person shared. It's a real opportunity, but no no good will come from me continuing to focus on, oh, that really stung, that really hurt when that person said that. Oh, I, you know, and just kind of beating myself up with it or or worse, kind of turning that negativity toward that person and, and having it affect my relationship with them. No good will come from that. It's hard. It's hard, but move the heck on. Um, also, if you've decided that in, in you're putting it in perspective and considering the source that it's not valid, it's not something that you need to actually address. Um, it's, it's that person's own opinion, but it actually isn't relevant to you going forward. Gosh, move the heck on because what a waste of time to be brooding over that one out of a hundred responses in a survey or whatever little thing it is that you've decided doesn't matter what that person thinks. I know it's hard. I know it's challenging, but this is where we can take opportunities of criticism, which tend to be negative in our life. We don't want them. We're not seeking criticism in any way, shape, or form, um, but turn it into an opportunity to really grow. You don't want to be your own version of Justin Bieber, never receiving a negative word from anybody and um, you know, living life in a bubble because that's not actually what God's plan is for you. He has a plan for your growth and your holiness and you're growing closer to him in this life and then living happily with him forever in the next he has that plan for you but that plan involves some discomfort along the way that's going to result in some self-improvement it's going to result in some kind of sacrifice and humility on your part that will bear good fruit in your future so be open to that okay so those are the four different tips i have for how to handle criticism first consider the source second put it into perspective third make it an opportunity to learn and grow and then four move the heck on you can do this have you received criticism lately how did it feel what how did you respond was it good was it bad in the end did you bear good fruit from that uncomfortable situation that thing that nobody likes receiving criticism let me know your experiences with handling criticism your own and other people's how you criticize others maybe that could be fruit for a future show where we could talk about ways in which to approach criticizing others it's a very delicate thing in our human relationships and some people are really good at it some people not so much. Anyway, give me your feedback. You can email me at danielle at daniellebean.com. You can always comment in the show notes or connect with me on Voxer or go to daniellebean.com and click that little tab on the right for leaving a voicemail. I'd love to add your voice, your opinion, your perspective, your criticism to a future episode of Girlfriends. Okay, next up, I have a listener question that came to me by email. Um, I don't know if she shared her real name, but I'm going to change it anyway because I don't. I want to protect her her privacy um, in in case she's listening or people she knows are listening. Um, so I'm going to call her Marcy. Um, and Marcy says, "Hello, Danielle. I'm a new listener. Thank you for sharing your time, talents, and treasures through the Girlfriends Podcast. I love feeling more connected with Catholic moms and greatly enjoy listening in. I'm seeking advice regarding physical relationships within marriage. My husband's love language is physical touch. Our physical and sexual relationship is very meaningful to him. 
I am a new mother of an eight-month-old, and I am touched out. I know that breastfeeding lowers your libido, but it is as, as if I have to force myself to touch my husband at times, even something as basic as kissing. I love him very much, and I am very attracted to him, but I just have no desire for any real physical contact, sex or otherwise. Is this something that most new moms experience? How do I find a balance between making sure my husband feels loved and having the space that I feel I need? Will this end? My libido has always been lower than his, but after having my son, my need for physical affection is barely there. My first inclination when he touches me is to swat him away and I feel a bit repulsed. I don't understand where this is coming from. Maybe a hormonal imbalance. Any advice is greatly appreciated. Thank you, Marcy. Oh boy. Yes, Marcy. Okay. First, let me tell you, it's normal. It's normal and it is hormonal. And, uh, but I say that the normal with a caveat, it's normal, but not normal. Like it's a situation that, that I'm glad that you're aware of and that you're a good wife and you're a good mom because you're recognizing this and wanting to address it. And rather than just insisting on your own needs being met and that's all, you're concerned about your husband, even at this delicate time in your lives when you're kind of transitioning to parenthood and all of the kind of hormonal imbalances that happen when you have a baby. Honestly, I mean, you were just pregnant and gave birth and now you're breastfeeding, that's like the hormone Olympics. Like you have been through the hormone Olympics and your body is adjusting to that. And yeah, you say hormonal imbalance, but I think at this stage in your motherhood, brand new, first time ever pregnant, giving birth, having a baby, um, nursing that baby, hormonal imbalance is kind of the norm. That's why I'm saying it's normal, but it's not normal. You know what I mean? That you you are you are experiencing tremendous fluctuations of hormones. And I think many moms experience this, um, especially the idea of being touched out. And um, that's something that um, as you go through family life that you'll experience in many different um, varying degrees throughout your motherhood. And that idea of feeling repulsed, I think it is absolutely a hormonal one when you're nursing a new baby and it's never more intense than with that first baby. I have experienced it, um, and maybe other moms could share their experiences as well. I know I experienced it when I was nursing a new baby, and the old baby, who's, you know, kind of a toddler, is like crawling on me. Um, and it's sort of like the sense of protection of the new baby, whether I was actually holding the new baby or not. It was like the sense of protection of the new baby, like wanting to push that other baby away. And it's terrible. And so feeling that toward your husband or toward a child who you love and you have great affection for and you you want to meet their needs for physical affection and yet at the same time having that kind of hormonal reaction like get away from me and my baby, totally normal, but it's also not normal. <laughs> That's why you're, you're writing to me. So I understand um, that feeling of imbalance and worry. And um, I want to assure you though, Marcy, that you will get through this and you will balance out, you will level out. If you continue to feel like, um, you know, this is not getting better, perhaps it's getting worse, then you might want to talk to a doctor about it. But within the realm of normal 
hormonal imbalances um, when you first have a baby and are, are breastfeeding, um, I think it's important to communicate. First, I just want to, you know, encourage you to, as much as possible, communicate with your husband about what's going on with you um, without making him feel rejected. You know, you could even start the conversation there with how much you love him and how much you, you want to be there for him and want to meet his needs in the same way that you were able to before you had your baby. Just, um, but then there's a real need for both of you inside of that communication both before it and after it and ongoing in your relationship to be patient and generous with one another. Um, I can feel that you're already inclined to be that way because you're concerned about your husband's feelings even though you're going through all of these fluctuations and changes and there's a real need for him to kind of respond the same way to you that you know be open and, and communicate with one another here's what I want here's what's difficult for me here's how this feels here's how I feel about this um, so you you know having that kind of open communication, but then both of you just I want to encourage you to maybe even um, bring it to prayer together just to really increase your openness, your receptivity to one another, to increase your patience and your generosity with one another. There's nothing more important than that right now inside of your relationship. Um, and then that said, um, some of the concrete ways that maybe your husband could help make this transition easier, you might want to talk with him about it. There, you know, I'm positive you're exhausted. I'm positive you need some sleep that you're not getting. You need some rest that you're not getting. And and maybe him too. But um, I know that a husband a little bit can go a long way in um, with regard to him making sure that you're well rested, that um, maybe making you lunch, making sure that you have nutritious food. All of those things help you to um, come to a place of, of balance and health with regard to your hormones. Because when you're not eating well, when you're not sleeping well, you're, everything's out of whack and everything feels terrible everything feels a thousand times worse than it is you know um so it, it, you know be open about those kinds of things and maybe offer some suggestions for him I know at different times in my marriage there was nothing more romantic that my husband could do like on a weekend than handle the kids for a Saturday afternoon and tell me to go take a nap or offer to make dinner or offer to take the kids to the park and make them lunch or you know very romantic I'm just telling you because then I would be feeling appreciated I would be feeling validated I would be feeling well rested those things make a huge difference in your receptivity to your husband so you know do the guy a favor and let him know what kinds of things like that could be helpful for him to do but you know um, that said, as with regard to that, that feeling of repulsion, I'm, I'm going to tell you that you can get over it. Hormones are crazy things and they can flip in an instant. So um, working to get past that and, um, you know, even if you just say a little prayer before you have time alone together with your husband where you're fearful that that's going to happen, you know, bring it, bring it to God and bring it to the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide your communications and to give you grace to kind of be more receptive, be more open. And um, sometimes getting started is half the battle. And I'm going to pray for you, Marcy. I'm going to pray for both of you. And I know that the community here at Girlfriends will pray too. I've got a lot of prayer moms out there and a lot of people who I'm positive have shared your experience. So I'm going to invite listeners to please pray for Marcy and for her husband and her for her new little family that's just getting started with an eight-month-old child and 
all the crazy changes and transitions and stresses that come along with that, that there's a lot going on there and you guys need a lot of prayer support. So let's, let's pray for, for Marcy and for her husband. Um, but if you have experience with this, something that you want to share that might be helpful for, for Marcy to hear, please email me or leave a voicemail. So Danielle at daniellebean.com or, um, you know, send me an MP3 recording of you because I'd love to be able to share your voice and your advice with Marcy so that she can feel not so alone in what is obviously a very difficult thing for her. All right, and next I want to share some feedback that I got from listener Amy, who sent me a written message through Voxer, which is that fun app. If you don't know what Voxer is, download it onto your phone, check it out. It's a fun way to leave voice messages, but you can also leave text messages for other people. If you want to connect with me on Voxer, you can go to the show notes at daniellebean.com. There's a particular link to connect with my account there, and then sending me a voicemail or texting me is as easy as pushing a button on your phone. So Amy connected through Voxer and she wrote to me, hi Danielle, I usually listen to your podcast like clockwork each week, but since the insane season that is spring arrived with baseball, we live at the field, I know you can relate. Uh, Yeah, I sure can, Amy. Um, And everything else going on with our big family, I stopped listening, probably because I stopped folding laundry because those two go hand in hand for me. In that spirit, I just now finally listened to your 50 Days of Easter podcast and got so excited because we did not do Easter eggs this year and you just gave me the emotional permission I needed to do them now since Pentecost is still two weeks away. Woohoo! True story. I admit it. I lost the eggs. I had decided not to dye the eggs because I was so busy preparing to list our house soon. I thought I'd be all prepared and bought the plastic eggs ahead of time and I was going to fill each one with jelly beans. On Easter Eve, I couldn't find them like anywhere. We listed our house for sale that day so I was already crazy times a million but then I couldn't find the eggs and I felt bad but my kids didn't care. Who are we kidding? though they just want the candy but then a week later I found them tucked away on a shelf in the garage so now Danielle I'm going to hide the eggs and have a hunt with the kids after all it's still Easter right that is so right one more thing I wanted to add my four-year-old daughter said to me the other day where's your friend I said which friend and she said you know, your friend on the phone, Danielle. (laughs) I laughed because I put you on speakerphone while I listen. And then I thought, she's right. You are my friend on the phone. Oh, thank you, Amy. That really just made my day to hear that your daughter calls me your friend on the phone. And I'm honored and it's a privilege to be your friend on the phone. And to everyone that is listening, everybody who takes part here at Girlfriends, it really is an honor to um, play that role in your life. And I'm glad that I could give you permission to continue to celebrate Easter because um, we've got a little more time left. I think Pentecost, it's, well, it's less than two weeks now, but um, you've you've got time. You've got time. If you still didn't do the egg hunt, if you still didn't do the bunny craft, if you didn't make the cookies or the cake or the whatever little lamb thing, do it. (laughs) Have some fun. Relax. Enjoy your kids and enjoy the season of Easter. So thrilled to hear that that's working out for you, Amy, and I am happy and honored to be your friend on the phone. And speaking of friends, I need to give thank yous to our newest Patreon supporters, Lynn Marie, Maggie, and Jennifer, our new supporters of the Girlfriends podcast at patreon.com forward slash girlfriends. If you would like to support and encourage the production of the Girlfriends podcast with your financial support for as little as a dollar per episode, 
it's really you can pledge just that amount and become a real supporter of the Girlfriends podcast. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash girlfriends. Truly, your support means so much to me, and it really does encourage and affirm the work that I'm doing here. So if you appreciate the work that I'm doing here and you want to be part of the encouragement and the support that allows it to continue to provide this content for free for everybody, uh, you can be a part of that support network at patreon.com forward slash girlfriends. Thank you so much, Lynn Marie, Maggie, and Jennifer. I also wanted to mention some places that I'll be in the coming month. Um, I am taking a little break from the kind of crazy travel schedule that I had this spring, and I'm staying in the area in New England. So um, a few different opportunities. Um, Let's see, first of all, tomorrow, Tuesday, May 23rd, I'm going to be in Boston at Catholic TV and you can watch me live on their live morning talk show. This is the day, which is at 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. I'm going to be on there talking about Catholic Digest and I just love my friends at Catholic TV, so I'm looking forward to a great day connecting with them there. So again, that's Tuesday, May 23rd at 10.30 a.m. It may be too late by the time this episode publishes, but you can always go to catholictv.com and watch on demand. So it will be the most recent This Is The Day at catholictv.com. Then also, I'm going to be at my own parish. I'm going to be doing the You're Worth It retreat for the women of my own home parish at St. Andre Bissette Parish in Laconia, New Hampshire on Saturday, June 10th. And this event, you don't have to be a part of our parish. You don't even have to be Catholic to participate in this You're Worth It retreat. It really is a great opportunity for women to come together and kind of affirm one another, affirm our dignity and our worth and our identity as daughters of God, as beloved children of God, that Jesus loves every one of us with a unique and personal and intimate love. And that's what I try to really bring out in these retreats. And I'm thrilled to be doing it at my home parish. So that's Saturday, June 10th. Um, It's going to run from 8.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. It includes um, a light breakfast and a lunch, all for a very affordable price. I believe it's just $25. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes at uh, daniellebean.com for this episode. So you can check out all the registration information for that. So if you're anywhere near Laconia, New Hampshire, we would love to have you join us for that day. So that's Saturday, June 10th. After that, I'm going to be in Vermont on Saturday, June 24th. If you're anywhere near Troy, Vermont, I want to meet you. And you can bring your whole family for this event. It's the third annual Family Day Retreat. So this is going to be in Troy, Vermont. Um, And it's only $30 for a family, and it includes meals, it includes talks for multiple different people in the family. Um, I believe I'm going to be talking to women in particular, and then I'm going to be talking to couples about marriage um, as part of the day there. So I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you're anywhere in that area, if you're in New England, I'd love to see you at St. Andre Bissette in Laconia or in Troy, Vermont on the 24th of June. Again, I'll put all the links for registration and more information about these different events at daniellebean.com in the show notes for this episode. And that's all we have time for today. I just want to thank you for being here. Thank you for all the ways that you encourage and support what I do here at Girlfriends. Thank you for being a part of what I do. And the most important way that you're a part of it is just by showing up. Your presence here and your subscribing to the podcast is so encouraging and helpful to me. Thank you for that. Thank you for being here. 
And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a DanielleBean.com production. Know your worth, find your joy.